When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm so excited you're here today and I'm so excited to be recording with one of my best friends, Jordana. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like it's been a long time in progress it really has we've talked about recording together for so long and we're finally doing it so it feels so good how's your day been so far it's been marvelous honestly this is my last Saturday living in New York City so I wanted to have a very classic Jordana New York day and you know everything I did this morning is like me to a T I woke up I got a facial which was a great way to start the day I went to the farmer's market got my favorite coffee and bagel combo so feeling good Yes. Very good. I love it. What's your favorite coffee? Okay. Well, it depends. Is it the one that I recently ordered that's now my new favorite? What did you get? The blue bottle? Well, it was your coffee order. Okay. So it depends where I'm going, but one of my favorite coffee places in the city is Blue Bottle, and I love the New Orleans style iced with oat milk. It's Mm. so good. It just has like a sweetness to it. It's cold brew, but if I'm getting an espresso-based order, then I get an iced oat milk latte. Is it the NOLA? Yes, the New Orleans. Yeah. That one is so, so good. good. If there are any New Jersey people listening to the podcast, if you know Rook, Rook is like known for their New Orleans style and that's why then I ordered it at Blue Bottle and now they're like my two favorite coffees. They're so oh good. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So whenever I see you make your coffee at home, you always brew espresso over ice yeah. and then you put a little bit of milk. But if you order like a latte in a coffee shop, it's always way too much milk yeah. because the size of cup that you use at home it's just like the espresso takes up like three-fourths of the cup. Yeah. So I was like, what do I order in a coffee shop to get that? Because I don't like so, so much milk right. in my coffee order. And I figured out that it's an iced cappuccino. I have to try it. Because what it's happens so to me, usually to avoid the over-milkiness, is I end up asking for another shot of espresso to like make the ratio better. But sometimes if a coffee place already does double shots as their shot, say, it ends up being a quad shot and then I'm shaking <gasps> and jittery the whole day. I'm like, why did I do this oh to myself? My so yeah, I'm going to have to try the cappuccino. Yeah, try iced cappuccino because it's also a little bit smaller. It's very similar to, I'm sure, what you make at home and yeah. what I make at home too because yeah. I always will brew espresso over ice and pour yeah. the milk. So Which I think that you're actually not supposed to do that, but I do it every time no like, it turns out a lot better yeah, than it makes you, it like fo- like creamy and foamy at the top if you so do good. the espresso over the milk with the ice it just turns out different like i don't know yeah. how to explain well, it well i think what you're supposed to do is brew the espresso into like a separate cup like a little glass pitcher type thing and then have a cup separate with milk and ice in it and then pour the espresso in mm-hmm. but i don't no, oh, I, I like your way a lot. Me too. It turns out really it, good. It works for us. It. So. Yeah, it does. And the first thing I always ask anyone that comes on the podcast is, what's your sun, moon, and rising? And I know we've talked about this a million yeah. times because every time you bring up astrology, you don't know your birth time. Right. Which, mom, if you're listening to this, like, I don't know why I'm the forgotten child, but if I could know my birth time, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be great. But we can actually see your entire chart except for your rising. So I okay. won't know, like which house your sun is in or anything like that, but we can know everything else, like your moon, Mercury, Venus. And will you explain what those things mean? Yes. Okay. Okay, so let's pull it up because okay. we already have it queued up on astro.com and I'm going to get a live reaction mm-hmm. now. So you. You'll tell okay. me if it's accurate. I'm excited. Okay, so you are Gemini. We already knew that because yes. you have the same birthday as Pedro. So Gemini queen, and then you have a Sagittarius moon. Okay. So you were born in a full moon. Okay. You didn't know Very that. Gemini Mercury. Taurus, Venus, Gemini, Mars, and then outer planets, you have a Jupiter in Pisces and a Saturn in Taurus, but that's not like as significant. The Mercury, Moon, Venus, Mars, and Sun is probably the most important. So I knew you had to have something in Taurus because I feel like anyone who has Taurus placements, and I was talking to Mia Miller about this recently on the Mm -hmm. podcast too, 
anyone with Taurus placements, when they like something, they're going to get that thing over and over and oh, yeah. over. I mean, how many days of my life have I had an oatmeal bowl in a row now? It's like, Probably I know ten. what to expect from your yeah. stories every morning. It's going to be the same little oat milk, mm-hmm. like coffee drink, and then your oats with the yogurt yep. and the berries and the nut butter on top. Like when I love something, I do not <laughs> let it go. Like you will see that I am so passionate and about like, it. And like, that's just like Taurus energy. And I'm the same way. It's like when I like something, I'm going to get it over and over and over. Whether it's like I go through a phase and I'm like in a yogurt bowl phase now and mm. I'm, you can expect a yogurt bowl from me always. like most days of the week. Or whenever I go to a coffee shop, like I'll always order the same thing. Mm. Or for example, my favorite restaurant in all of New York is Jack's Wife Freedom. That's where Jack and, and I had our first date. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And every time I go, I get the same thing, which mm-hmm. is the Maya's bowl. So Pedro always makes fun of me because he loves trying new things. And a lot of Gemini energy is like liking diversity and liking like trying new coffee shops, trying mm-hmm. new restaurants, exploring your neighborhood. And a lot of Gemini energy is that. It's like your local environment. It's like how do you create community in your local environment with your neighbors, with your siblings, with your like local area like how do you have a local favorite mm-hmm. things like that and like I feel like that's you it's like totally. you have your little routine going to the farmer's yep. market like making your neighborhood feel super like warm homey. and yeah. homey which I love and then the Sagittarius moon is where I get the fieriness from you I think you also have a fire rising sign but I could also see you having like like a Virgo rising or something or like a Libra rising. So I have no idea. We'll have to find out eventually. I will follow up with my birth time eventually. You will get it out of me or I'll get it out of my mom. But then also you basically have your Mercury, your Sun and your Mars all in Gemini and they're all basically like grouped together. So it's like you have a lot of Gemini energy. Mm -hmm. And like that's why on your TikTok, like your talking videos do so well. And because you have the Mars there, Mars is like action and passion. So it's like you feel really passionate when you're talking and expressing yourself, but then also it's like the, both the Sagittarius aspect of you and then the Mars being conjunct your sun is like you like working out, moving your body, like mm-hmm. doing stuff, like being in kind of like a dynamic Yeah, being in mode. motion. Yeah, exactly. And then how do you feel about like travel, exploring... Because that's the Sagittarius side, but since it's, like, opposite your sun and you have more stuff in Gemini than you do in Sagittarius, I wonder if, like, that would feel like a conflict between your internal world. So, I have emotions about travel. There are some people who travel is their priority. Like, they would rather spend money on a big trip than, like, a big purse. I love travel when I'm there and I desire to travel, but I'm not like, oh, I have these 10 bucket list places that I need to go before I have kids or like I dream of traveling to this place like if I get invited on vacation or a trip a thousand percent I'm going like I have no problem traveling I love it once I do it but it's not high on my list of priorities however I will say I think that that comes from a place of a lot of privilege for me because I did a decent amount of traveling with my family as a kid so I'm not like oh I I have the moon yeah I'm like I haven't seen my mom does not like travel. No. My dad loves to travel. Okay. But it just doesn't feel like – I'm not like, oh, I need to get out and see the world because I have seen – I've done a decent amount of traveling. It's yeah. not like I've never left the United States or have never left New Jersey or New York. Like, I've done a decent amount of traveling, so I don't feel that – Like, urge. Like, yeah. That, yeah. like, pull to do more of it. But that doesn't mean I don't want to do it. For sure. Because Gemini energy is like exploring your local environment, like having a routine and being like very routine. And Sagittarius energy is exploring like faraway places, like very different cultures. And Mm -hmm. you've had those experiences, but it's like you have definitely more Gemini energy. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that would pull you more towards just like feeling really at home where you are living and like being really rude. And I'm a homebody. And like whether I'm home in New Jersey at my parents' house or home in New York, like I love going to all my local spots and I will do that as much as I possibly can. And I love exploring and finding new local spots. Like I can't wait to move to Hoboken and explore Hoboken and find my new spots. But once I find those spots, like I want to always go to them. Yeah. So yeah. That's like the combination between your Gemini and the Taurus. It's like you like exploring and you'll discover all these like fun, awesome places near you. But then once you find the favorite, it's like the Taurus energy will predominate. It's like with seven grams cookies. I'm like, they will always be my cookies. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's also the Taurus energy is like the comfort Mm -hmm. and like the Venus and Taurus energy, like kind of playing out. I feel like it's like cookie coffee time. It's your, oh my God, love it. 
Did you know that one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, it's time to make 2024 the year that you finally check it off the list using Babbel. When it comes to learning new languages, something about me that a lot of people actually don't know is that I'm fluent in three different languages because I grew up in Brazil, I speak Portuguese fluently, and then I also am fluent in English and in Spanish, but I also am currently learning how to speak Italian because I started learning it in college for my study abroad program in Milan, but then my program ended up being canceled, so I never really got the chance to fully learn Italian, which is why Babbel has been coming in so handy for me. It's a science-backed language learning app that was designed by real people for real conversations conversations and Babbel's tips and tools are super approachable. They're rooted in real life situations and they are delivered in the app through conversational based teaching. So I've been using Babbel to learn how to order food, ask for directions and speak to merchants so that next time I go to Italy, I can practice my Italian and also speak confidently. So if you're also in a journey to learn a new language, I have a special limited time deal for our inner growth listeners. Right now, you can get up to 60% off a Babbel subscription and this is only for our listeners at babble.com slash growth. Get up to 60% off at babble.com slash growth spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash growth. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ciao. Let's talk about cookie coffee time. Okay. Can you tell me like the first time you ever did a cookie coffee time and also like what it represents to you? Okay. I honestly, I cannot remember the first time I did a cookie coffee time because it probably was not intentional the first time I ever did it. Um, It kind of became more of an intention after incorporating it. But I always say cookie coffee time originated from a multitude of places. Like it kind of has various backgrounds. For anyone who doesn't know what cookie coffee time is, it's – a tradition that I think my mom originally started and she didn't wasn't doing it with the same intention that I now do it, but it's basically just your midday treat for yourself. Um, as the name suggests, I always love to have a chocolate chip cookie with an iced coffee and that's why I called it cookie coffee time, but it's really any sort of snack, treat, beverage combination that makes you happy. You don't even really have to participate in the actual food and beverage combo that's just my favorite part of it, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's just a little time of day for you to be present, to take a break, to get over that midday hump if you're working a nine to five and, you know, three o'clock hits and you're like, oh my God, this is miserable. Mm-hmm. I have two hours left. <laughs> Cookie coffee time will save you. It will empower you to get through the rest of the day. But I think when I really started incorporating the practice, it was coming from a place of facing my fear foods and realizing that you can eat a cookie in the middle of the day on a Tuesday and your world is not going to come crashing down, Mm -hmm. which sounds, or it could sound silly to a lot of people if they have not struggled with any sort of disordered eating. But some people have fear foods and some people have fears surrounding food. And I would say for me, I was never scared of cookies. Like Mm -hmm. I could eat a cookie and not feel guilty about it or not necessarily not feel guilty about it, but I didn't think anything bad was going to happen if I ate a cookie. What I did have fears around was breaking my rules, which were not eating that cookie on a weekday when I felt I haven't quote unquote earned it and eating it in the middle of the day rather than when a standard quote unquote dessert time would be after dinner at night. Yeah. So I used to think, okay, if I'm going to eat a cookie, it's because I earned it by being good, which we know is not a real thing. There's no good versus bad when it comes to eating, when it comes to food. So that having it midday and any day was like a really big deal for me and as I started facing the fear surrounding the food more and more it became more intentional and eventually I broke that rule for good and yeah you know that's a very empowering feeling yeah so I feel like it takes practice like when you're working through fears that you have around certain foods it has to be like a repeated thing like it's mm-hmm. not just once you're gonna eat a bagel and you're never gonna be afraid of bagels right. anymore or whatever it's like exposure or, therapy you do it over and over and over again exactly until it becomes less scary exactly and I feel like in my own journey too like even the thought of like eating a cookie in the afternoon for me it's like I never will like go in that direction right. and I think maybe there is an underlying fear yeah around it it's like oh but, I should have fruit right now it's like three o'clock yeah it's like I think for me it's kind of the same thing as it was for you where Usually if I'm having something desserty, it'll be after a meal mm-hmm. or on the weekend right. or something like that. But I love the concept of a cookie coffee time and I feel like 
it's just really cool that you've made that a thing on TikTok. And I really so think happy. that it's you being in the embodiment also of like being in a better relationship with food and breaking these rules and showing people like, yeah, like F diet culture. Mm-hmm you know, I deserve to eat the cookie. Absolutely. And when I see other people partaking in cookie coffee time, nothing brings me more joy. Like I truly smile from the inside out when people tag me in their cookie coffee times because I'm yes. like, yes, you deserve this <laughs> in every sense of the word. Like enjoy that cookie. Or when people try cookie places that I've recommended, yes. I'm like, I am the cookie queen. <laughs> like I get such a sense of pride, like sharing my love of cookies with other people. And it sounds so silly, like a cookie is a cookie, but it's so much yeah. more than so that. what are the top five cookies in New York? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my number one, seven grams, 1000% on Madison Ave. There's a few locations. I think there's one in West Village and Chelsea, but mm-hmm. Madison Ave location is my home base. They are, if you don't like a gooey cookie, don't go. I oh, am I a love big, a gooey, yeah, some like, people are like, this soft. is raw. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love I'm a gooey like a, cookie. Definitely a gooey cookie yeah. over a like hard. A thousand percent. Person. I don't like a Tate's cookie is like a crispy, thin cookie. It just doesn't do it for me. Same. It doesn't have the I same need the effect. <laughs> need the goo. So that's my number one. My number two is Funny Face Bakery, standard chocolate chip, delicious. Number three, I think, is the Maman chocolate chip. It has macadamia nuts in it and it was listed on Oprah's favorite things. Number four, I think, is Daily Provisions. It has some caramel in it. And Mm. then number five. Number five is hard to say. I'll give a few different options. Levain is – I was going to say, Levain ones are so – Levain is very good, but it – I don't want to say it doesn't feel special to me, but, like, Levain is now everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, obviously we all know it's a great cookie, but – it's I'm not. Basic. I'm not bringing new information to the table by sharing Levain. Like everyone knows, Levain's a great cookie. I feel like I'm trying to shed light on the more hidden. Yeah, and not the, the, the modern. Any of these are it? hidden. The, like, like the secret best spot. Yeah, even though exactly. these are so public. Like mm-hmm. I'm not bringing new information to the table. It's like but, the underrated. Yeah, the underrated ones. And then hot take dough. Have you had it yet? No. Okay, that, it's dough. not a New York thing. It's like a direct to consumer yeah. cookie dough you can company. Buy the dough. So good. And then mm. everyone says. Uh, culture espresso people say that that's the best cookie in new york i went last year i must have gotten a bad batch or something <laughs> because i did not understand the hype and people still tell me they're like you have to go to culture I'm like i went and i really didn't think it was that great so i'll leave it up to everyone else to decide if they agree that it's one of the best cookies in new york i'll have to retry it sometime soon but Fair. that's my current ranking it's very good i love that yeah i recently did a little fondue night here in the apartment with Yum. Pedro, one of his friends, and his girlfriend, and they brought four different Levain cookies. And there's one from Levain that's like a double chocolate peanut mm. butter cookie. Oh yeah, it's with really gooey good. peanut butter, it's very good. Yum. Oh, I could really go for a cookie right now. Now that we're talking we'll have about to get a it, cookie later. yeah, you'll have to show me the best cookie in Brooklyn, or like yeah, we'll one have of to find favorites. one. We'll have to okay, find one. Sounds good. Sounds okay, good. amazing, amazing. So excited. And I know we had talked about this before we recorded, but I want to hear about your own inner growth journey. I really love asking people that question because inner growth can mean so many different things to everyone. Mm -hmm. So for you, what do you feel like have been the biggest sources of inner growth or like a strengthening in your relationship with yourself? Um, I think something big that I've worked on recently, and I don't know if I've shared too much about this because I feel like a lot of my content is rooted in healing my relationship with food, healing my tendency to people please has been Mm. huge for me over the last few years. I have always been a huge people pleaser because, which I have shared about, both of my sisters also struggled with disordered eating in a more severe sense than I did Mm -hmm. because theirs was on the more restrictive end. Um, And they're a lot older than I am. And thankfully, everyone is okay now. And I'm very close with my sisters. And we're so lucky that they're healthy. Um, But growing up, when I was younger and they were older and they were struggling and I was put under a lot of pressure to like save my parents. Be like, oh, you're, you know, you're so good. Like, what would we do without you? What would we do without you when like your sisters are struggling? Thank God we have you. Thank God you're so easy. Thank God. Like you have no problems. Thank God your mental health is perfect. Which then it felt like, okay, always have to be on. I always have to be easy. I can never have an opinion that's going to make anyone's life harder. I can never, you know, make anyone go out of their way for me. I'm just going to sit back and be happy with anything that gets handed to me because I never want to be the difficult one. Wow. Like I've always felt like, okay, my parents have enough going on with my sisters. They're under so much hardship. Like 
I can't add to their plate. I'm just going to be easy. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm not going to break any rules. Like, I'm going to be easy. Yeah. That carried over into relationships as well. Like, I would never speak my mind in past relationships if something was bothering me because I just wanted to be easy. So I'd bottle everything up inside until one teeny tiny little thing triggered me and I'd freaking explode. And then I seem crazy because it's like, why did this tiny thing make you explode? And it's like, no, it wasn't the tiny thing. It was actually these million things that now added up because I pretended that I didn't care. didn't say anything about it before. Yes. So now with Jack, I... He has helped me so much because he wants to know every little thing and doesn't – I don't want to say doesn't get mad. Like, he doesn't get mad, but – He's a very chill guy. He's very chill. He's very understanding. He's very patient. And he – whatever is bothering me, he wants to help me with it. He doesn't take it as an attack on him, which, like, in past relationships, if I mentioned something that was bothering me, it was like, oh, well, then I must just be the worst. Like, I'm the problem then, blah, blah, blah. And then – It was flipped on to me, like, how dare you get upset at something I did? And it's like, okay, Jack would never see it that way. He just cares that I'm upset. And he's like, oh, what can I do to, A, make sure this doesn't happen again, B, make you feel better? So, like, him being Mm -hmm. such an understanding and patient partner has helped me so much. And also, like, low-key, all the therapists out here on TikTok putting in the work. Like, sometimes my For You page is so specific, and it's like, I'm on your For You page because you're a people pleaser. Like, here's the tactics that you should do. And I'm like, wow, thanks, TikTok. Like, this is great. Free therapy. Yeah. And now I have stood up to my parents in in recent months about some things, and, like, I stand up to Jack about some – or not stand up to Jack, but – But, like, speak your mind. I speak my mind, and I think that that has been my biggest growth because it was something that was so subconscious for so long. And now I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Like, sorry, I'm not, I'm here for me. Like, I want my life to be good. I'm not here to make sure everyone else's life is good, which obviously I wouldn't want to tear anyone down. But like, if I'm not happy, what am I doing? That's honestly kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Because I feel like you're so good at setting boundaries. Oh my God. That is such a nice compliment. Like, Thank you actually, so much. like, I feel like, for example, if I have a dinner party and, like, you're mm-hmm. tired, like, you're not going to hesitate to be like, guys, I'm going to call it a night. Like, I'm <laughs> calling my Uber. Like, yeah. that to me is, like, you signing up for what you need. Well, also, I'm no fun <laughs> once I'm t- – like, once my social battery is gone, I will shell up, sit on the couch, and be looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like – No one wants that, you know? No one wants, like, a party pooper sitting on the couch on their phone. Like, I'd rather leave on a great note, go home, get in bed, get my sleep, than everyone's, like, why is Jordana in the corner being a party pooper? (laughs) Yesterday we went out to ice cream after dinner, and Jordana was just, like, quiet out of nowhere. Oh, my God. And I, like, I instinctively, I feel like because I'm an older sister, like, my instinct is, like, make sure everyone's okay, everyone's happy, like... I don't want everyone to feel like they're not having a good time. No, So yeah. I was, like, worried. I was, like, oh, my gosh, something something's happened. wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, I just need my nine hours. Yeah, like, it's just, like, I'm just my need a dessert. Like, yeah. wait, I'm waiting in line for too long and I'm overheating. I will say, though, once the gelato came, I was revived. It yeah. was a long line, to be fair. And it was yes. hot. And also when I'm hot, I'm, if I'm sticky and humid and, you know, under boob sweat, like, it's time yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real. But, yeah, I feel like I would never expect that – you had struggled with these things because I do feel like you are good at setting those boundaries. And like, if you were still falling to that people pleasing, you would just stay and like be in the corner on your phone, kind of upset instead of just being like, you know what? It's my time to go. Totally. And I feel like that's really beautiful. But when you started moving through the people pleasing, Mm -hmm. which like I've struggled with a little bit before as well, but I feel like sometimes it hasn't played as big of a role in my life as it's played in the lives of like people I know or my friends. So I'm curious to hear from you, like if anyone is listening and you're struggling with people pleasing and you want to get through it, mm-hmm. right? How did it feel in the beginning? Like, was it really uncomfortable? What was the hardest thing to get through mentally to just be like, you know what? I'm not a burden. Like yeah. I'm allowed to express myself. Totally. Um, I'd say the hardest, it was in the beginning, it was very hard. It was very uncomfortable. And I'd say the first big point of me like standing up for myself was, it was a conversation with my dad and I am very close with my dad. Like I have an excellent relationship with my father. He is one of my best friends. Like I travel alone with my dad. I'd said in the beginning that he's big on travel. So like I'm his travel buddy very close with my dad and I also just have endless gratitude for him because I'm like he gave me this life he's the most selfless selfless person I know 
like there's nothing he won't do for his girls and like my sisters too he will put everyone ahead of himself he did the same thing for his mom before my grandma passed like he's very selfless so I'm so grateful for him so doing something that is not exactly what he wanted or envisioned for me or he had planned like that is such a difficult thing Oh, I for me totally to do. Really Cuz I'm like I feel like the exact same thing yeah. about my dad and like Right. Cuz I'm like how could I possibly go against what he wants for me when he has done everything for me? And I'm making it sound like this was like such a bad thing that I did, which it wasn't bad at all, but basically when I when Jack and I made the decision to move in together, I'm not like asking my parents if I can move in with my boyfriend. Like if I'm old enough to make that decision, I don't need my parents' permission. Yeah. So I kind of just like called them and told them the news like and they love Jack. It was nothing against Jack. Yeah. I think. It was just like you're the protected little Right. Exactly. Little because daughter. I'm the youngest. Yeah. They see me as so young. Like they see me as their baby. So when I'm like 24 years old, hey, I'm moving with, or maybe, I don't remember. I was 23 or 24. I said I was, was moving last with year. my. Yeah. But it was like before my birthday. So I think it was. Yeah. You're about to turn 24. About to turn 24. And obviously they weren't going to say anything like bad on the phone, but they kind of just had like a oh, what? Like, where did this come from reaction? Like, we didn't know this was even on the table for you guys to be moving in together. Mm -hmm. And then when I went home and my dad said, you know, you have your, like, you guys are likely going to end up together for the rest of your lives. If you have your whole life to live with him, like, what's the rush? Like, you should be independent a little bit longer while you have the chance. And I basically sat him down and said, I have never not taken your advice. Like I have never gone actively against what you've said. I always believe that you have a reason for everything, that you have like a whole life's worth of wisdom and I always trust that you want what's best for me. But this is my decision ultimately and like I've thought it through and like I gave him this whole speech and as I'm giving him this speech, tears are streaming down my face. I'm like sobbing as I'm giving him this speech but I'm like I have to get through it because if I don't, I will never, like I can't be 30 years old still worrying about what my parents want. Like, Mm -hmm. even though obviously I want to respect their opinions and ideas and advice, I, I need to be an adult. Like I need to make decisions for myself. So I had to get through this speech that I had like well thought out, but the whole time I, I was like in pain getting the words out because it was the, literally the first time I'd ever stood up for what I wanted crying sobbing and my dad of course was like crying like teary eyed (laughs) like could see that I was actively like working through something and everything's great now we've been living together for over a year we're moving into a new place together my parents love Jack like it was nothing against him it was more so just like instead of you just being like okay dad you're right yeah like oh maybe we are moving too fast like I'll I'll, I'll cancel the move like (laughs) yeah I feel like what it could turn into otherwise is you questioning your own self and questioning the reality of like how strongly you feel about things right and just Mm -hmm. kind of putting that to the side because your parents are always right and also our parents are wise like they know a lot they've lived through more than us like our parents have lived experience and I feel the same way about my parents like I know whenever they're giving me advice like they're coming from a place of like we love you and And, like we we want what's best for you but also like even though I'm not the youngest I'm actually the oldest daughter I feel like sometimes the same thing happens like the middle child kind of escapes this but the oldest daughter and the youngest daughter, it's kind of like, oh, you're still my little girl. Totally. Like, for the oldest, is because you're the first one. For the youngest, it's because you're the last yeah. one. But it's kind of like an overprotection. Mm-hmm. And it comes out of love, but you have to stand up to your parents as you mature and as you, as you become an adult woman right. and just be like, I hear you, but I don't have to agree with you. Definitely. And co- doing it out of a place of respect and not, like, defiance. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm moving in with him because you said not to. It's like, I hear you, I respect you, but I'm actively making this choice. I've thought through all of the potential consequences and like, if anything bad were to happen, like I'm prepared to deal with the consequences of my actions. And like, I've thought through every scenario and in every world, this is the action I want to take. Exactly. So that was like feeling confident in your choice. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And do you feel like the people pleasing ever kind of translates into work or like career things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yes and no. If we're being honest, on the one hand at work, it comes through when, when anyone asks me to take something on, I say yes. Like I bite off more than I could chew. I overextend myself because in my head, I'm like, what am I going to do? Say no to my boss? Like say no to the person signing my paychecks? Like, (laughs) no, I'm going to say yes. But I've, I've never been that student or employee that's like, I have to get an A. I have to do the best work possible. 
that's where the flip side comes in. Like I am not a perfectionist in that way. I've always just kind of been like, I do my best. And if that's not good enough, sucks. Like I think because of the way I felt at home, I like couldn't have it in every area of my life. You know, mm-hmm. and you I wasn't more in your family then. That yeah, you have to be perfect and, and like relationships to, like, hold together. Yeah, and so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I guess for me it's the flip side. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was never a bad student. Like I did get A's and B's, and like I was a good student. But if I didn't get a perfect grade, I wasn't devastated. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like I feel like it's so arbitrary grades and th- things like that. I'm like, I know that this isn't an accurate measure of my intelligence, so I don't care. (laughs) That's always how I felt. Yeah, which is actually, like, a really good perspective to have. I mean, for me, it was always very intense. Like, I was always that student that's, like, with the study guides and, like, in the library grinding and, like, the one raising her hand and, like, leading everyone in the group project and getting Couldn't be me. Could not be me. me. (laughs) Like, that was me to a T. So So, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, like, growth, I know you said that's been, like, a big thing for your last, like, year and a half. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say since the beginning of 2022 until now. Is there anything else that you feel like has been an area of growth or just something that you're currently working through that's been something you've been thinking about or just something that has pushed you to like evolve? Definitely. I mean, right now, I feel like it's very easy for me in retrospect to know things that I'm growing about, but in the present, I'm like, hmm, what am I, what am I working on right now? Like actively, I'm not sure, but I'm sure if in six months I come back, I'd be like, oh, that phase I was really working on. That is so true. I guess for you right now, a big thing is moving. Yeah. I'm so preoccupied with the move. Like that's all I can think about. And that maybe I am working on that a little bit because I don't know if I already said that I'm moving to Hoboken, but previously I had such a stigma of like moving to Hoboken versus New York City. And I think just like letting go of what anyone thinks and like including my dad because he the last time my parents were in Hoboken was like 30 years ago Hoboken was really not anything yeah and so much has changed and I'm like oh my god it's so me like even I before Jack was the one who was pushing for Hoboken and I hadn't been Mm -hmm. and when we went I was like wow I love it here like it's so much more me than the city and I'm not bashing the city at all but it's very hustle and bustle it's busy it's crowded like the city it's fast-paced the city oh yeah and when I got to Hoboken I felt like I could breathe. It was like slower paced, less crowded, more neighborhoody and like cutesy. So I'm Which I feel very similarly to you in that way because I feel like Brooklyn kind of gives me that vibe as well. Yeah. And New York's going to be great to come into, but it's nice that it won't be my home base for someone like me that like prefers a little bit slower pace. So I guess that was something that I was working on was not caring what other people thought. And then previously, which I was thinking about it this morning, it was like eight years ago now, which is wild. But the Daily Schwitz all started with like healing my relationship with food and overcoming binge eating disorder and binging and purging. So I wouldn't say that I'm still actively working on that. I feel like that has sort of, I don't want to say come I mean, to a eight close. eight years is a long time. Yeah. And I can't believe it's been eight For years. For me, it's been seven. Yeah. Yeah. So which is crazy. a long time also. I'm so proud of us. Me too. Like, that's a really big deal. But that was something previously that I had yeah, and from. I remember when I first followed you, which was in, I think, early 2021, you were still kind of posting about it and, like, mm-hmm. sharing your journey and you would write these long captions and kind of explain yeah. your brain and, like, what you were working through and I feel like now being in the embodiment of it too and just being like, yeah, like, I've done the work mm-hmm. and I kind of, you know, faced that totally. and now being in this, like, new, evolved version of you like there's still triggers that come up I'm sure Mm -hmm. but I feel like being in that place where you're much more confident in your willpower and in your health decisions and in just like your mindset around things like food Mm -hmm. or binging or overdoing things yeah it's really empowering definitely it's hard though because because my content was rooted in that category so deeply I felt almost a duty to continue posting about it for all the followers that were there for that for longer than I really wanted to because once you're sort of out of it or you're you feel like you're moving out of it you don't want to keep talking about it right I felt like continuing to post about it was bringing me back to a space that I was no longer in and so I felt such an incongruence like yes there was a while where I didn't post very much on Instagram because I didn't know what to post because I didn't want to post about food. 
but I didn't want to not post about food and like abandon all the people that were there for that specifically. But like at a certain point, it just got exhausting because I was like, I don't want to be constantly thinking about this 24-7 when I don't need to be. Yeah. So it was a big struggle of like going back and forth and eventually I was like, you know what? I'm not in this place. I'm not going to drag myself back to it. I don't need to be thinking about it. I don't need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's not my identity. Like, I don't That's exactly need... what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like the identity piece. Because when you're identifying with something or like being a spokesperson for something, right? you always want to keep reinforcing that identity. And then sometimes you're keeping yourself stuck in like 1,000% middle part better. of the healing phase. Right. Let, could not have said it better if I tried. I... That's exactly how I felt. I was mm-hmm. making I was making myself the spokesperson for binge eating disorder. Like, for what? I wasn't allowing myself to move on and heal if I kept identifying mm-hmm. as that spokesperson. Yeah. So I just had to let it go. And, of course, it will always be part of me and I don't want to, like, not identify with it. I'm not trying to, like, push that story away from me because it was such a big part of my life for so long. And I don't want to, like, forget – I don't want to forget my roots. Like, I don't want to forget where I came from. But, like – I can't forget about it because yeah. it was so important. For sure. For your for my growth. your growth. Yeah. And do you feel like for you, the binging or like that experience overall of like struggling with that like zero to 100 where you're like mm-hmm. overeat and then you feel guilty and then you like, you know, want to purge or like yeah. want to like relieve the guilt and just like the whole experience. Do you feel like it came from like the restriction? Like did it arise from like starting out from a restrictive place and do you feel like observing your sisters impacted how that evolved for you I do not put any blame on my sisters like I was was like a blame no no no, I know what you mean like I was so young like I I was so young when they struggled like I didn't even when my oldest sister went to rehab like I didn't even understand why she was going like I didn't even know what she was going for Mm -hmm. I was so confused that all of a sudden she was just like gone like I didn't I couldn't wrap my head around, like, what do you mean? Like, I see her eat, like... Yeah. And I I think my parents were trying to shield me from it a little bit. So I don't think that it had anything to do with, like, mirroring their behavior, even subconsciously. Like, I don't think yeah. that. Um, and I don't think it started from a place of restriction. Like, I, I can't pinpoint what, like, that initial binge, you know? Yeah. Like, what it stemmed from. But, of course, once the cycle starts then it does have to do with the restriction. Like, I don't think it started from a restriction, but I just remember every night after I binged, I'd, like, go to bed that night, and I'd close my eyes, and I'd be like, tomorrow's a new day. I'm not going to binge. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to eat so healthy, and I'm going to be so proud of myself. Like, I'm going to be great. So the next day, I'd start off. I'd have my Think Thin oatmeal cup for breakfast. I'd have, like, a protein bar and a hummus cup for lunch. I'd have, like, XYZ for dinner. And then post dinner comes around and I'm so hungry. Stuffing my face. It wasn't even like I was actively hungry. It was more like an emotional hunger. Like Yeah. But I also feel like when you're not properly nourishing yourself throughout the day, like physiologically, your body needs of food. Of course. So there's also an element of, of course. That I'm sure it was for me, a big part of it was like textures. Like I liked the feeling of eating. Mm-hmm. Like I loved that like release, that like chewing and like I don't yeah. even know felt like the emotion is yeah so and then that. once it was done and I blacked out and I was looking at like all the empty plates in front of me and like whatnot I was like what did I just do like yeah and then yeah the guilt would set in and I'd purge and I'd restrict and the cycle would start all over and it was like so hard to break that cycle and yeah. like I get teary-eyed even thinking about the like the whole thing about right? every night when I'd feel I'd get so down on myself as if it was my fault and like I didn't I couldn't understand why if I was going to have problems with food like why couldn't it be the other way around where like I didn't eat like I I hate that I say that because I remember you have told me this before yeah I it's a horrible thing to say because obviously I would not wish a restrictive eating disorder on anyone and it is so painful to go through and for people you Mm -hmm. love to go through like that's how dark of a place I was in that I was wishing for that. Yeah. Like that is so terrible to even And if say, you could look like, back so and like tell your past self something or like even someone listening who maybe has struggled with this or is currently like trying to heal from this, what do you feel like are the biggest things that have helped you move past it and like evolve yeah. and find more freedom and find more love and just let go of that cycle? Yeah. I think um, a big thing for me was like when I was in it, 
And also now looking back, I was like, this is not meant to be my life. Like I am meant to be happy. I'm not meant to be miserable. Like there's no way that I could be put on this earth to be miserable. Why would that be the purpose of my life? Like there's so much more to my life. It can't be this. And I just like kept telling myself that like this can't, this will not be my life. Like I will not let this be my life. I can't be stuck in this cycle forever. I'm meant to be happy. I'm meant to have a full life. Why would I be here if I was not meant to have a full life? So that was a big thing for me. And then also in terms of like actually the food aspect of it is this is what my mom always used to say because my mom actually also struggled. Like, and I didn't get it until I got it. So if someone is struggling, like it might be hard to grasp also. But like the food will always be there. It's not going anywhere. And that's like, yes, I used to think I was so strong for knowing my triggers and actively avoiding them because I was like, oh, if I know that I like to binge on cereal, I won't buy cereal and therefore I won't be tempted to binge on it. Like that's so strong of me. Yeah. But actually what's strong is buying the cereal, knowing that it's a trigger, having a bowl of it, and then being like, the cereal will still be there tomorrow. And I can still eat it tomorrow. I'm still allowed to eat it tomorrow. I don't need to finish the whole box and then act like I never bought it and bury it at the bottom of the garbage. I don't need to like erase it from my memory. I think that's the biggest thing is like when you, for example, allow yourself to have a cookie today, you don't have to eat 10 cookies. Right, because you can eat eat them tomorrow. you know you can eat it tomorrow. Right, you'll always be allowed you're not breaking any rules. Like you will always give yourself permission to eat. And it's that like scarcity mindset when you are in the binge restrict cycle of like, oh, it's the weekend. Like starting Monday, I'm going to be good all over again. So like I may as well eat all the cookies now since I can't eat them on Monday. But who told you that? You can eat the cookies Monday. Like who told us that we couldn't eat the cookies? You are making like, not that you're making it up, but you set that rule for yourself and you can break that rule for yourself. You are in charge of the rules for your life and your body. Yeah. So that was really big. And I think like stemming from that, I always just thought like it was very all or nothing for me. If I was going to eat one cookie, I was eating 10. If I was going to eat some granola, I was eating the whole bag. Like, And then I convinced myself that, oh, if I eat 10 cookies now, I'll make myself sick and then I'll never want a cookie again because I'll have a bad memory of the cookie. But that's not true, right? No, that's not true at all. But I did I did that with everything. Like, oh, if I eat this whole container of XYZ, it like I'll feel gross and then I'll never want to eat it again. That doesn't happen. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of – I've like seen a lot of other people have similar mindsets. And it's like I don't know where we get these that, things. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from in the origin. But I think changing your mindset is how you change – your life. The future outcomes of your life. Absolutely. So I really like that. And I think that's a really big mindset shift that I've also embodied in my own journey is just like knowing that if I want to have the ice cream today, like I can have it. And if I want to have it tomorrow, I also ha- can. Right. Like you don't and need to finish the pint to, tonight. Yeah, I don't need to eat the whole thing today. Yeah. And I think that helps a lot for Absolutely. sure. And kind of pivoting, I know that you love your wellness rituals yeah. and you're a big routine girly and like you have a very good night routine as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to hear about like your favorite wellness routines and especially your night routine, but it doesn't okay. have to be only that. It can just my be like wellness routine. things you love. Okay. Um, my night routine is not so much of a routine as much as it is like, I just go to bed early. <laughs> That's my routine. But I guess things that contribute to that are like, I do not have a TV in the bedroom and I will never have a TV in the bedroom. Once the light is out, I will not be on my phone ever mm-hmm. like and also if I'm like in my sleep like for example last night I got up to go to the bathroom and when I got back Jack was like did I wake you and I ignored him I was like I'm not talking or opening my eyes because if I do I will be out of this sleep state like go away I'm going back to bed I'm not answering you <laughs> um so that's I'm just like big on sleep but in terms of wellness things I love like I'm huge on moving my body in a kind way I used to view exercise as a way to earn my food or punish myself for food that I had eaten. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, I slept in this morning. I clearly needed the sleep. My body was prioritizing rest more than it was activity. Or, you know, I'm not feeling this workout today. Let me just go for a walk instead and show my body gratitude for the fact that I can move my legs as such a blessing. And just moving my body 
in a way that feels right to me. Of course, I do still love intense workouts sometimes, but I'd say that's my biggest thing for my mental health as well because it really – that was also what contributed to healing my relationship with food was the first summer that I started working out in a way that wasn't just like elliptical for 30 minutes because I'm punishing myself. That's literally what I used to do. Yeah. I was <laughs> the elliptical seeing, trauma. No, PTSD <laughs> will not be going on the elliptical ever again. But I was taking like more strength classes and things like yeah. that. And seeing what my body was capable of, Lifting I had weights, man. such I an appreciation it. for my body that was like, wow, look at all that my body can do for me. Why am I treating it like crap? Like yeah. why am I... a why am I being so mean to my body when it's given me so many blessings and like mm-hmm. is so strong and is here for me every day? Your body shows up for you every day and that's True. such a blessing. Yeah. So I think moving my body is just like my go-to like for my mental health more than anything. Mm-hmm. If I don't move my body, it I'm used grumpy. to be. Yeah, I'm grumpy. I'm but I used to feel health. guilty or like have some sort of – you know, anxiety mm. if I didn't move because, oh, you didn't work out today, you're going to gain 10 pounds. And like, I don't know why I was scared of gaining weight. I'm not scared of gaining weight anymore. I, you know, welcome body bodily changes. But for example, if I was dealing with an injury, like I know now it is so much better to take five days off to let your hamstring heal than to work through, work out through the, the injury. Pain. And then, you know, you're seated for five months because you overdid it. So like, Listening to your body, appreciating the movement, and knowing when it's time to rest instead. Yeah. It's big. I love that. Thank oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it so much. And I want to do some rapid fire questions okay. for us to close out the episode. Perfect. So let's jump into it. The first one is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you love or that you live by? Or oh my a quote gosh. that you, you would just come back to? Um, this is a quote that my grandpa always said, which is, you plan and God laughs. So, which is kind of like, you know, you that. think all of these things are going to happen and it's like, hmm, I've got something bigger for you. Like, or, you know, everything, I don't, I don't like the saying everything happens for a reason because I don't think, I don't fully believe some things. Um, but in a lighter sense, like everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like how I see that quote too is just like, don't try to over plan your life. Like yeah. don't try to be always in control and like right. learn to also feel There will never things. be a right time or a wrong time. Whatever time it happens is the time. Yeah. Like for yeah. whatever your life path is, whatever you choose, nothing is ever the wrong decision because it can't be. It's your life. Like yeah. this is this was the path that happened. So yeah. it must have been for a reason. For sure. I like so, yeah. that a lot. Yeah. And do you have any books that you love? Oh my gosh, so I just finished Happy Place. Did you also No, read literally, it? like, I told you, like, so once, I have not read a single book after. Oh my gosh. Because well, that now book I'm reading, um, was so good. Now I'm reading uh, 28 Summers by Ellen Hildebrand, which like is also it? good. I love Ellen Hildebrand. She's okay, great. I'll have she to has read a lot of, like, I just, like, reads. I just, like, haven't been able to get into yeah. any books. No, Happy Since Place Happy was Place. amazing. Loved it. So good. Any other ones? Um, November 9 was really good by Colleen Hoover. Um, I like that one too. I'm trying to think of some others. Oh, The Love Hypothesis was really cute. Wait, do you like that one? I think yeah. I have it downloaded. Really on cute. Kindle. Also, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating was really cute. Oh, um, that girl. Ah, oh, shoot. There's one that's like something in December. That day. That day in December. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Read that. Okay. Okay. Everyone read that. It was a great okay, book. amazing. I love a like romance beachy. Yeah. My mom and I read. or my mom, my cousins, my sisters and I, we call them fluffy books. Yeah, I love fluffy books. We love fluffy. They're the best. They're, so They're the best. Yeah, the most fun. And what makes you feel like your higher self, like your best self? Uh like a specific action or anything. Okay. Like my dream day. When I get in bed at the end of that day of like I'll walk you through my perfect day, just nothing feels better. But like waking up doing a great workout that makes you feel empowered, coming home, taking a cold shower, doing all my skincare, like to a tea, making a perfect coffee and breakfast, relaxing, going for a walk, listening to my music, reading a book, like spending time with friends and family and loved ones, with my puppies, being outside in the sunshine, you know, having a nice home-cooked meal maybe by the beach, Oh. And, you know, at the end of the oh day, you're clean, you've taken an everything shower, and you get into, like, crisp, fresh sheets, and you're in bed by, like, 9.30, lights off, and oh my I'll, I'll never feel better than a day like that, ever. Yeah. For me, similarly, I don't think this is, like, 
the thing that makes me feel like my higher self, but like an ideal day like that. But for me, it includes like just being in the sun so much of the day mm-hmm. by the beach and then taking being that in like the water. nice refreshing shower yeah. and just feeling so clean. I love that. After feeling. you've been like, I will not feel clean until I. Like, I don't even know. Right now, I feel so sticky and gross from, like, yeah, the I mean, subway summer sludge. In York, and, like, summer in New I just York, want you need, like, clean. two, three showers a day. I showered three times yesterday. I showered in the morning, before dinner, and after dinner. No, like, fully. Like, yeah. You just need, I couldn't get in bed when I got home. I was like, I am covered in just stick. <laughs> like, I feel super good right now, but, like, I took a shower yeah. where I washed well, it's my we have hair. air conditioning. And I've been in yeah. air conditioning all day. That. And I'm just, like, feeling clean. And then I know the crunchy. moment that I step outside, I'm going to need to take a new shower. I know. I'm debating. I'm like, should I... I was planning on washing my hair tonight and being all pretty, but it's so humid out. The second I step outside, it's just going to be terrible. So I'm yeah. like, why bother? It's just like a constant back and forth. Yeah. If you're the in summer, summer in the city. Summer in the city is canceled. I'm canceling it. <laughs> okay. Last question is if you could leave everyone listening with only one thing, like let's say you didn't hear the entire episode except this part, what would you want to tell them? I guess, or not I guess, I know that you are meant to live a happy, fulfilled life. You would not be here if you were not meant to live a happy, fulfilled life. So whatever you need to do to get there, like that is your destiny. You are meant to be happy. You are meant to be loved. You deserve to be loved. And you wouldn't be here if not. That's what I think. You're worthy. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, this was so fun. (laughs) It was. I'm so glad we finally did this. Me too. Checking it off. Yeah. The summer bucket list. Yes. Checking it off. (laughs) Literally, literally amazing. Tell everyone where they can follow you. and yes. Yeah, like stay connected okay. with all of your content. So my username on everything, Instagram, TikTok, threads, which I'm loving, yes, is the Daily Schwitz, S-C-H-V-I-T-Z. And yeah, yes. Instagram, TikTok, threads. I'll see you guys we there. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Go follow her, especially on TikTok for all the cookie coffee time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> love. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. I will see you guys next week. And until then, have an amazing rest of your day. Love you guys so much, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.